Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the No Way Podcast. This week's special guest is my old friend Atticus Mitchell. Atticus is best known for his roles on Fargo on FX, Sci-Fi's Killjoys, My Babysitter's A Vampire, and CBC's Young Drunk Punk. Keep an eye out for Atticus in the new Hardy Boys series, streaming this December on Hulu, Who Doesn't Love the Hardy Boys, and season two of Transplant on CTV and NBC. Past being a very talented actor, Atticus is also a very talented recording artist. You can listen to his brand new album, The Pantomime, on Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Music today. So go over, take a listen, search Atticus Dean. It is very good. Now, let's go to the movies. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Am I the only one drinking on this? Is anybody else having? No, I've got a little, uh, I, uh, yeah, a little and, uh, splash of wine. I'm admittedly hair of hair of the dogging it, so this Atta is boy. a little bit more of a recovery drink for wow. me than anything. Oh no, what happened? Well, I had too much of them the night before. I have a game night once a week. I play games and I hang out with some friends online. Anyways, I had I I, I had fun. Not Beautiful. as much fun as I'm gonna have today. Hey, Marky, let's get that right. bubbly, baby. I know. I was about to say I'm the I'm the one not drinking. Narc. Nice I, I was binge drinking all weekend so long. Binge? And binge Don't drinking, promote that. Mike. Don't promote I was binge. That. I was getting wasted. And uh, I just needed a break. I need a couple days break, so I've got the bubblies going on. What was the occasion, or was it just a weekend where you felt like a dude being a guy? That's exactly what it was. It was just a dude Atta being boy. a guy. Everybody has their vice. Well, we want to hear your Markian and, and your origin story, but we I gotta say, hey, we've never met. Hey, nice to meet you. Hey man. Hey, how it's are nice you? Nice to meet you guys too. You I, guys look great on camera. Well, that's why we got into like, podcasting. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. nobody looks good on a Zoom call, but you all look really good oh, on wow, this Zoom call. Thank you. Call. Not as good as what I'm seeing on your end. You look mighty oh, oh, charming. Hey, relax, I Casanova. I but we, we're <laughs> just meeting Atticus, but we actually yeah. have uh well, we all have some common thread with you but um when you did young drunk punk yeah obviously west coast tim carlson was involved with that so we all know love him. that boy to death but ali mcdonald and i went to school together to we trained together i miss her very much we became very close on that show and she's been in la for like the last five years or whatever and when we were doing young drunk punk with tim and everybody it was like the same three-month period that she just got a new puppy named matilda and I had my own dog at the time, but I don't think I've ever like bonded as hard with a dog as I did with Allie's dog. And I cry myself to sleep every night that we're not in the I've, same I've city. I've also it's met just, that dog. That's a nice, that's a very she's a, nice She's dog. like, she's just a good dog all the way down to her goddamn dog core. Um, Atticus, I don't know if you remember this, but we actually sat at the same table at a wedding. Was it Tim's yeah, wedding? Yeah, it was Tim's wedding. I remember I- Beautiful. Yeah, it was, I was a l- 
I was dating someone at the time, and I had a, a, a plus one there, and I was like friends with Tim because we we're. Actually so you had no time for me. Well, no You're time too busy for you. Freaking grabbing face. That's yeah. what do you do at a Sexy wedding? Bastard. Okay, you make the brose, you take the white <laughs> and the red, you mix them together, you kiss your partner. That's it. You're on my lap. I was single. Uh, but I just, but it's like that night was a little bit of a blur because also I remember I had to leave to do a show the next day, and so did Tim as well. And so that whole night of the wedding is kind of the truncated with some memory. He had a show the next day? Yeah, Tim left that dude does not stop the next working. morning. Um, well, but, okay, Markian, what's your yes. origin story? Now so that we have an origin introduced. story where, where Atticus and I worked on a uh, film together. This is what have been... That's a, that's a very understated way of saying we made film history. What I Bunks on Disney Channel wasn't film history. It was for a lot of kids. We met on that. It, it, it filmed in Kenora, Ontario, and we shot for what? Like I thought we shot in Winnipeg. We shot. We shot. Film in history. Places. Film history. We Remember. shot in two places. So we shot in Kenora because I remember. So this was my first film gig. This one, right. was ever the first time I ever worked ever. And right. So it was a big deal. It was for a you. big deal for me. So uh, uh, that that movie sticks a lot with me, just in terms of like. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing the entire time. Right. I was like, well, you did, you did a great job. Thank you. You did a really you. good job. You were my favorite part of that movie. Oh, what, what kind of? I'm not. That's, that's bump legit. Were you? What, bump? I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> In the movie Bumps, it's Bunks with an N K S. Bumps? Even? You thought it was a movie called Bumps? Did? It was a camp. We were at summer camp, and then the. People and Atticus, you were the first one to turn into a zombie, right? Yeah. At the camp. Yeah. So yeah. then it became a zombie camp movie. Well, I mean, we were shooting like in the, at least in Winnipeg, we were shooting on this island where there already was a camp. And the one thing I remember from that, it was like, it was like a Jewish camp or something. Yep. Benai something Brith. like that. Yeah. Benai Brith. And uh, I remember one of the kids there had to get helicoptered out because he got heat stroke. Whoa. Where was I? I was in the helicopter there that day. <laughs> that, was you were you were the one. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Maybe it was you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we lost a whole day because there, we had we had uh, too much chopper noise. Wow. We should have done bunks on this episode. I should have requested to do that. Uh, that actually would have been really smart. The one I did pick was so stupid. Are you right, kidding guys? me? Right? It's not a question by any means. Are you kidding right? me? It's probably so the best don't one. Don't get my going. And Atticus, what movie is it? Uh, the movie we're going to be extrapolating and breaking down all the way to its core is um, Muppet Treasure Island. You can see the little, the little glitter in Mike's eye there. This is Mike's favorite. It's my favorite childhood movie. movie. And like, I don't know if you around. follow, if you like follow the podcast all, or if you've like seen the Instagram or whatever. But like, we had to discuss in our little intro episode and on our bios what is our favorite childhood movie. And I talk about Muppet Treasure Island, and it is like my favorite childhood movie. So it was a giant deal when I found out. It was the one you chose. I actually got a little concerned. I was like, I don't want to fight this movie. I don't want to find no ways. I in this don't movie. think we can. I don't think we have to fight it. It's just. It's it's spirited it's spirited debate. Well, absolutely, you know, you're what right. What could you're we right. do different now in 2021? But it's it's 50 totally. Years later, I guess I was I mean. like, I don't. I didn't know if I would enjoy watching my favorite childhood movie through the lens of trying to find. Uh, flaws, so to speak, are no ways. I was like, I don't want to tarnish it. Oh, God, it's so perfect to me. Atticus, can you <laughs> tell me, like, about, do you have a memory as a child, or do you remember the first time seeing it? Like, why is this movie special to you? 
It must have been. It must have been in the theater. I'm pretty sure I saw it with my with my family as a kid. Uh, but quite simply, it's been picked because I I do share Mike your uh, now into adulthood response to it, and that it's probably my favorite kids movie. This question actually I kind of pose it to everybody because it's it's generational, it's time. But was Muppet Treasure Island like? the introduction to Muppets for you? It was definitely my introduction to a Muppet movie. It was the first Muppet movie I saw. I think growing up, there was a lot of just like, you know, my mom would have grown up with like the show when she was a kid. And so would just like play play songs for us from that show every now and again, would show us like we, we had old episodes on VHS and we'd watch that stuff. But as a movie, as a hour and 40 minute epic, I was it was it was the first time and I was blown away. I was my life was one way. I saw him up a truck around <laughs> and then it was another. Right. If I had a life, I'd hate it. That's your ADBC marker yeah. right there. Right. Yeah. 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 Year zero. Yeah. Yeah. Now we know we know like obviously huge fans in Mike and Atticus. Kayvon, were you a Muppet guy? I've seen That's a lot fine. of the other ones, Christmas Carol. I've seen a lot of the TV show. And I really love the original Muppet movie. That one's really big for me. And it's that's the one I, I consume the most of. But it's interesting to me to see, like, if someone was introduced to Treasure Island, Muppet Treasure Island, that's their first introduction to Muppets. There's like, what are you, what do you think this is? Like, This is supposed to be a kid's movie. Because there's such a legacy <laughs> of inside jokes of who these characters are and, like, Gonzo's relationship to chickens and stuff. Like, like it, 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 without having the backstory, it would just be such a bizarre universe to meet. Well, it was also my first introduction to the story of Treasure Island. So going into Treasure Island, the timeless tale through a Muppet lens. Who is your favorite Muppet? Oh, my God. Is this question going to everybody? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I'll, I'll lead off. It's a sweet. Okay. It's a Swedish chef. Uh, he he can't make a sound without making me piss myself. I think it's the funniest thing in the world. I'm a I'm a uh, uh, I'm a Gonzo guy. And Gonzo's a uh, uh, whatever. I'd have to go like again. I wasn't a big Muppet kid. I I really wasn't into these movies um, a lot or the series. Um, I was just definitely a Sesame Street boy, and I found I felt like watching the Muppets was like like I was sinning against the Sesame crowd like it was like i was betraying them by watching this other yeah. one jets and like, sharks jets and sharks baby Je- yeah so <laughs> but i'll say that like i guess i don't know if it's my favorite but the one i was always most interested in and curious about as a kid was miss piggy Maroni, temptress and queen because she was oh, so sexual and i like didn't really get it and i was like interested in what she's doing but i'm like it's that weird time as a kid when you're started to introduce to like you know, sex, I guess, or kissing. And there's just something about Miss Piggy that I'm You were like, like, why do I want to kiss this freaking pig so much? It's it's so Marky still can't eat bacon without an erection. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's it. It's, yeah, it's Pavlovian at this point. Yeah. Uh, um, Beautiful. Yeah, every... (laughs) So I I, I love Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy's a queen. That's a great pick. She's amazing. Atticus, bring us home. Who's your Muppet? I I mean, you can't really go wrong with Kermit. He just does everything right. He does everything the right way. He's also maintained kind of like cult icon status, I feel like, in the social media sphere these days. He's in a lot of TikToks. He's in a lot of He's memes. You know, the sipping, He's in a lot of memes. The sipping tea meme. The sipping, the sipping Kermit, Kermit frog tea meme is just the best. But if I could actually just pick like one character from a movie, honestly, Muppet Treasure Island Blind Pew, I think, is still to this day the hardest I've ever laughed at a Muppet. Really? You thought Blind Pew was funny? 
every every bit that he has in Muppet Treasure Island, I think, is the funniest thing ever. I it, Dude. It, and, and I don't know. I don't know. There's something about a blind puppet. I believe they prefer a visually challenged fiend. I was terrified. That speaks French. Oh my God, so funny. I was terrified of Blind He scared me too. Like as a kid, I remember having to go behind the couch to watch that scene because I was literally (laughs) fucking terrified of Blind Pew. I, I, but, but on your we watch, he's funny. It's now. pretty funny, but it's still he's got, like he's, he's the, the little me inside of me is like, we don't like that guy. It's me, blind peer. But my favorite, uh, uh, close second was well, I just love saying waka waka. Waka waka. Like I just think it's one of the most precise, brilliant, streamlined comedy lines you can say on earth. Just you can say it in response to anything. And to anything. Anything yeah. at all. Yeah. Why are you late? Waka waka. Waka waka. waka, waka. <laughs> Did you finish yet? Uh, waka waka. Does this look infected? Waka waka. <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island was released on February 16th, 1996, and it runs for 99 minutes. It is written by Jerry Jewell and Kirk R. Thatcher, based on the book by Robert Louis Stevenson. It was directed by Brian Henson and uncredited David Lane also on there. Uh, So Brian uh, Henson is also known for Muppet Christmas Carol, Return to Oz, 1986's Labyrinth. He did Return to Oz? Oh my God. That is one of the most horrifying movies. It's so scary. Get high and watch that thing, you won't sleep again. No thanks. Is that Jim's son? I, that's what I was about to ask you. I should have looked this up, and I, I didn't. I think it's Jim's it the fun son. I think I'll look, so. Tortured I'll look right now. I'll look right now. His crazy son. <laughs> Psycho son. Well, if you've seen Return to Oz, exactly. yeah, something wrong with him. God. Fucked up son. <laughs> Brian Henson is a puppet himself that his father created. Brian is the son of Jim Henson. He got, he, he got the soul of a real boy. Yeah. Trapped in a puppet. That's going to be his autobiography title. <laughs> trapped in a puppet? <laughs> the Brian Henson story, Trapped in a Puppet. It was produced and released by Walt Disney Pictures on a budget of $5 million, and it did $36 million worldwide. So a very, very subtle release, um, even though it was number one in the weekend that it was released um, in the United States. So it did well but then I don't think had longevity in the theaters. Um, It stars Tim Curry as Long John Silver, Kevin Bishop as Jim Hawkins, Billy Connolly as Billy Bones, with the Muppets, who are voiced by Stevie Whitmire, David Goles, Jerry Nelson, Kevin Clash, and Bill Beretta. After telling the story of Flint's last journey to young Jim Hawkins, Billy Bones has a heart attack and dies, just as Jim and his friends are attacked by pirates. With a treasure map in hand, Jim and the gang escape into town where they convince Squire Trelawney to hire out a boat and crew to find this hidden treasure. Captained by Kermit, or in this movie, Captain Abraham Smollett, they voyage across the seas and soon find out that not everyone on board can be trusted. Fun facts for y'all. Um... Tim, I like this one. So Tim Curry had been a huge fan of the Muppets for years before this movie, and he stated in many interviews that he regards Captain Long John Silver as one of his favorite roles of all time. Well, he just he just nails it. He he absolutely he brings it home that, right that from laugh, the get go. That laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the laugh is 
everything he does. That would just be the most fun role to play. I feel like no matter how old you are, like it was the same thing. I, I know I still haven't seen it, but The Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. So in terms of reviews, Muppet Treasure Island was uh, reviewed okay. It has 70% on the tomato meter. Critics didn't get it. It was 2.5 stars from Roger Ebert. And this is what Mr. Ebert said about Muppet Treasure Island. He said, The hack. Muppet Treasure Island, directed by Brian Henson, son of the late Muppet genius, will entertain you more or less in proportion to your affection for the Muppets. If you like them. What does that even mean? I believe Atticus takes umbrage with this review. <laughs> if you like them, you'll probably like this. And then Roger Ebert uses, I'm, and this is not me making this up. He says, moi. I sort of like them sometimes, and I enjoyed the Christmas Carol movie, but this one seems less cleverly written, and for moi, it's a near miss. It's like he's trying to be Waldorf and Stanton making a review of Mother yeah. Treasure Island. Well, it was too late to save the movie. I don't trust anybody who doesn't say they, they love the Muppets. I can trust somebody who says I don't like this incarnation of the Muppets, don't like Muppets Most Wanted, blah, blah, blah. But if anybody says... I'm not a fan of the Muppets. I'm like, you're a fucking sociopath. Like, what does that mean? There's it's one racist. for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all of it. It's misogynist, <laughs> it's, it's racist. Like, there's it's, a it's Muppet for it. everyone. Xenophobic. So I, I watched uh, a bit of behind the scenes about this thing because we all know how much I love watching behind the scenes of all my favorite movies. You must have heard that about me. Yeah, yeah. It's, that was one of the fun facts. When we get to the first, first thing that shows up when you Google you, yeah. It's, it's on my resume. But the puppeteering work for this movie was I thought so impressive. Like you guys know the scene where it's it's Kermit and Miss Piggy like hanging upside down, singing the song to each other, but you can't see any puppeteers around them and they're in the middle of the air. Like it's like, oh, they use strings, it was movie magic. But for my favorite character, Blind Pew, he was managed by two puppeteers at once, which you'll never see in the movie. But there is some, there's somebody like behind him doing the hands and there's somebody under him like doing the head. And the reason for that was not just because, like, oh, we need two people for this guy. It was because they wanted this character to have a different control for his head and different control for his hands in order to make it seem like he was so blind that he didn't even know what his hands were yes. doing. Yes. Watch what you're doing, you stupid cat. That's so Which I think is the funniest choice in the world, and it plays. It's so good. Well, it's true. It's like you look at, yeah, you look at me, you're like, his body is moving in a way, the head, it doesn't look, it's two, it looks like two different thoughts are happening. Exactly. The poor guy. And the two, the two eye patches on both eyes. (laughs) God, it's comedy gold. I love him so much. The other fun fact is Beaker is actually just a man's penis. Oh, wow. No! (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Beaky. One thing we like to do uh, with every guest, uh, because you love the movie, and the whole idea of this next bit is it's called the elevator pitch. And so the idea is, essentially, uh, you are the person who wants to try to get the funding for this film. You're going to go to a bunch of Hollywood execs, and in, like, around 30 seconds to a minute or so, I want you to pitch the movie kind of sans plot. Like, don't really just describe the plot to me. Tell me what the heart of this movie is. Hey, and so they have no idea what Treasure Island is. There's like, there's just no knowledge whatsoever. So I could come in taking full credit for that property as being an original piece. Yeah, we're idiots and we only watch like, Big yeah, Brother, so yeah, go for it. we love Big Brother. Amazing, though. amazing. I, I wrote this story called Treasure Island way back in the day on a ship, and now I'm here and I want to make it into a big Hollywood movie. And the pitch for this is, it's a beautiful, timeless tale of an orphaned boy 
rediscovering the love of a father figure in Long John Silver. And I, which I just, you could, you could throw that name out there because I feel like it sells tickets. You wouldn't not see a movie with a guy named Long John Silver in it. And it could mean anything. It's beautiful. And then you immediately follow that up with, those themes might be heavy. There might be some tears, some love, some loss, some betrayal, all of these things happening at once. But here's the key. It's on a ship. It's got pirates. There's booty. There's a song called Cabin Fever that doesn't even fit in the movie, but it's amazing. And to tie it all together, we're gonna use puppets. And we're gonna use puppets, but never treat them as puppets either. From like, to give you an example, from the beginning, from the opening of this movie, we open on a, on a, on a lowly inn. It's, it, it's, it's, it's dirty, it's poor, there's a lot of noise going on inside, dishes clanging about, there's a fire roaring and people are drunk. And at no point ever, do we ever reference the puppets as anything other than what they are, which is Muppets, which to us, and not to Roger Ebert, is that a man is just puppet? as good is that what a Muppet as a is? I think it's a meat puppet. A meat puppet. It's a meat puppet. Okay, like the Muppet. band. They did. They, to- they told me to, that's what they're called. <laughs> okay, now it's turning into Willy Wonka. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that you nailed... It's about a someone seeking a father figure. Like, yeah, that's, that is really yeah. that's tre- that's Treasure Island, yeah, baby. Yeah, we're going to jump into the 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 main section of our show, which is where we present our three no ways. But before we do that, we like to establish what we call givens, things that we are going to acknowledge as truths and um, staples of the world that cannot factor into our arguments and are things that we're not going to attack. Um, there's only two for this one, but they kind of have large umbrellas. The first one is given Muppets. First given is Muppets. And what does that carry with it? That anything can really be a Muppet from a potato to a lobster to Sweetums. Sweetums. Aye. Um, they know they're in a movie sometimes. They can speak in contemporary uh, lingo. There's anachronisms. They, there's the the Muppet, you know, quality of, of, of entertainment. So we're just acknowledging that's a part of this world. And the second one is pirates. Pirates? Oh, that's rich. As according to Robert Louis Stevenson. So there's a whole thing in the narrative of how pirates have been presented and, uh, romanticized and uh, given to us through time that is through a literary lens and not anything to do with what pirates were really like. So we're accepting that these are the pirates as according to Robert Louis Stevenson, not this one guy who was like, I was there. I know it's like, eh, and, it, it and they're not that bad. Fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was pretty, you would fun. have loved it. <laughs> So those those are our two givens. So we're not going to be scrutinizing the pirate world uh, on a historical base, so to speak. Even though we could. Even though we could, but we're not they going to. They weren't great guys. Don't get Kayvon started. Don't on- get him started, but I will <laughs> tell you, like, and this, this, this shouldn't make the edit. This shouldn't make the edit, but as we talked about this last night, there was a point when we were like, so if we judged them off like historical accuracy, our first no would be, there's no way these pirates didn't rape all these Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, and Jim. Pirates. Jim was a pretty little oh, girl. Oh, that was what actually what I said, and Mike was being polite. Was I was being like, polite. they think they were gonna, they would have fucked that kid. A pretty little girl, is it? But um, <laughs> what we have gotten from Johnny Depp and Tim Curry 
is not <laughs> what happened. Uh, but for the sake of our conversation today on the show, we're taking uh, a literary perspective on pirates. Now, um, what we like to also afford <laughs> that sounded the opportunity. There go, there go sure. all of my no ways. <laughs> the documentary Muppet Treasure Island. But we like to afford the opportunity for you, uh, the uh, star of our episode, to um, do you have a given that you think we didn't think of or present that you think should be a part of this? Uh, yeah. Uh, breaking out into song. What was that song that just happened? Muppet. I, that's a Muppet. That's a Muppet. I, uh, yeah, I feel like that's that's a Muppet. That was also probably like a pirate thing. Like they 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 probably sang a bunch. They had to pass the time somehow. So I feel like I know I kind of ragged on it a bit earlier in my elevator pitch when I was like, Cabin Fever shows up and it comes out of nowhere and doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, let's start this. Uh, let's set sail into Muppet Treasure Island. No way, number one. Round one. Uh, I'm taking number one, and I'm going to take us to uh, rather early in the film uh, in a scene that will feature my one of my favorite performances by Billy Connolly uh, at 11 minutes and uh, what is it, about 47 seconds in. In this scene, we see Atticus's favorite character, Blind Pew. And what we see is uh, Billy Bones receiving the black dot. The black spot. Black, okay. Oh, for fuck's sake. Bones of fans. We see Billy Bones receive the black spot from Blind Pew, which means, of course, that he his number is up and it is a death certificate. Uh, so that's the scene we're about to watch. We want you to have... This spot. Okay, so what we've just seen is after the uh, death of Billy Bones and the handing off of the map during the packing sea section of the show here, um, the pirates arrive with Blind Pew at the lead looking for Billy Bones. My no way is w- there's no way they would hand deliver the death sentence and then give him enough time to get out of there if their goal is to get that map. You make a fair point. Valid. I'll, I should, I'm going to go first. Gonna I'm going to give yep. my, my little two cents here. I think the purpose of the black spot, and I think at least in this movie, what these pirates really value when it comes to their, their, their ill will, their bad bidding, was to inspire fear in the hearts of their enemies. And that's what gave them a rush. It's what made them sing songs. They were really happy about that kind of stuff. So just going in there and shooting him and taking the thing, it doesn't teach him any lesson. He's like, ah, well, you know, the drink was probably going to get me eventually. But the black spot, the black spot is fear, my friend. That's my two Okay, well, I, I just, before, before, I'm, before I let go entirely, and then I'll let you three peanuts take the rest of this conversation. Uh, in this situation, though, the uh, it's not entirely about an assassination. It's actually about sourcing the treasure, getting the map, and getting what they're looking for, which they know they've hoarded. So they've somehow he he escaped their their view. They found him. They figured out he was living in this bar and <laughs> upstairs in a room and drinking himself to death. And they knew that he had the map. And so what I don't buy is I do appreciate the flourish 
and the style of sending the, the black spot as a message of fear. But what, there's no way in my mind they allot the opportunity that they lose the map. That's a brilliant plan. Atticus started to say something which I was kind of thinking about a little bit. And so we see Blind Pew in kind of two modes of, of movement. One is Blind Pew. He's walking with his hands forward. He's quite slow. He's quite sluggish. We also see a moment when Blind Pew rapidly moves quite quickly and with terrifying accuracy. So also later on in the film, when a black spot is given to Long John Silver, they don't give it to him and say, you have time now. They do start the process of killing him. So I don't think it's actually part of the rules of the black spot that there is time. I think that Blind Pew is quite quick when he wants to be. And he th- he said to the rest of the parts, I'm going to go ahead I'm going to get him. I'm going to get the map. He pops in there, and right away, there's more people than he thought is going to be there. It's not just Billy Boy. There's this There's this furry thing, which there's, is the most, there's, there's a, a little, little girl. girl. There's other voices happening, too. He's going, I don't think I actually can do this solo anymore. I'm giving him the black spot to say, I'm going to fucking kill you in a minute, though. I'm, I'm going to come back because that's pirate code. He's got to go back. He's got to get the boys. He's got to get the boys to finish this job. That timeline is only because he can't do it solo. Mike, in that entire scene, from when he works, when he walks in, you think he was going through his brain. What we just watched was, ah, shoot, there's more people than I thought here. I actually am just, now I'm going to bring the black spot. Now I'm going to, I don't think, I don't think Blind Pew was planning that much in advance or, or, or. I agree. Uh, I don't think he planned in advance. I think he went in thinking he could do it alone and he realized he couldn't in that moment because there's more people. So, Again, alternative. I these pirates so. are dumb as shit. I need more no pirates. element of intimidation in Blind Pew's experience in that bar. Uh, tell that he, to childhood, that, Mike. I had to watch child, that scene behind a couch, Kayvon. No, no, that's what I'm terrifying. I'm saying, exactly, that's what I'm saying. Blind Pew is not intimidated. Blind Pew is not going, oh my God, there's a 12-year-old girl in a no, moose here as well. No, Blind Pew is in full control of He's that full room, control. And he t- knocks Billy's gun out of his hand immediately. He is in full control. I don't. If think, he wants think- to kill Billy and take the map right there, he could have done it. He could have done it. He could have done it. Maybe, but he might have lost another eye. Well, he can't. Sorry, he might have no. lost another limb. <laughs> another eye. He might have lost he another limb. He's been through the ringer, okay? He's at the end of his career. Blind Pew, the only thing he wants, he wants to get that fucking treasure. He's tired. He doesn't have two eyes. He doesn't even have working eyes anymore. Because he also wants to fucking clown on Billy. he wants to clown on Billy. One-on-one, he's Billy's got, got it. two eyes and he's resentful. One-on-one, it's easy. One-on-five... Blind Pew's like, yeah. fuck this shit. It's, Let me get the called, boys. It's called okay. playing with your food. I'm, I'm, yeah, hearing, exactly. you know, I'm, I'm hearing an argument here, and I need you, Mike and Atticus, are clearly allies for this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I love it. yeah, we're <laughs> I think I, yeah. yeah, Mark and I are going to be on a different journey here, but. Oh, you're a fine pair of lads, that you are. You're telling me that what I'm hearing is, is that the reason that there's a time, a space between the black spot being delivered and the rest of the pirates showing up is because of Blind Pew's personal experience or choice, not because of uh, anything else. It's because he decided he needed to get out of there and come back with reinforcements. Yeah, I don't think you're giving enough credit to this 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 wonderful shit. I'm sorry, I gotta actually back up a bit because he's blind. You got a thing against the blind? Is that what I'm hearing? Explain to me. Actually, I don't. I'm adhering to the fact that I think Blind Pew is in full (laughs) control and his uh, blindness is not a disability and he has full control of that room. So I'm arguing that he doesn't need backup. He has full control of the room. So you need to talk me 
out of why he leaves. It's pure overconfidence. Yeah, but no, here's the thing, Atticus, I just thought of this and it does kind of fuck up what we're saying, is that... The, no, it doesn't. I know, but the fear of getting the black spot no. can only exist if people have actually survived getting the black spot, so to speak. And no one would have survived if it's an immediate kill. So I do think the time dis- the time gap between getting it and being murdered is part of the process of the black spot. That still doesn't mean it's a, it's a no way yet. I just haven't figured out why they have that time gap. I, I don't think that that's part. necessarily true, Mike, because... I don't think there has to be survivors of the black spot. I think the fear of it that there are no survivors of the black but spot. Then how does anyone know about it? Because he oh, gets the black spot and pirate. he just it's shows. He shows, talk about it. he shows three people the black spot in that room alone. So, I mean, somebody would be handed the black spot at a bar and you'd get the black spot. You'd be like to your buddies, I got the fucking black spot. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm, so I'm back fucked. to my original point. I got to get out of here. So this is this is this is where I'm this is where I'm agreeing with Kayvon because when it comes down to the treasure map, if I get the black spot and all all the pirates need to do is kill me and like that's the only goal they don't have to get anything from me, I could run for it. But eventually those pirates will come knocking and I will die. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I got the black spot and they will come for me for the rest of my life. There's fear in that and there's also hell and torture in that. So I understand that. I think that's wait, the wait, thing. No, let, let Markian finish this point because I he's agreeing with me, so shut up. Okay. But in this case, they need that treasure map. That's what they are after. They come, they storm in saying, we know what we're here for. We need that map that there's no way, there's no way <laughs> they're going to risk or run the risk of letting him run. And because they, if they let him run, yes, they'll eventually catch up to him. But you're now creating months maybe years of work when you know the guy's right in the bar, just walk in, kill him, take the map and walk out. Yeah, but aren't they aren't they down the street? Aren't they confident enough that they're like, we're gonna give him the spot, he's gonna panic, he's gonna get himself out of this inn and when he gets out, we'll be waiting for him. And then and then it takes too long anyway. They're, they've probably got the place surrounded. They're looking around, there's nobody who's exited. They go like, okay, fuck this. We're throwing guys through the windows now. Like that's our move. We're done waiting. We're coming We're dump, We're jumping in. Okay, is is the black spot? It's the pirate way. Hey, just said hey, come here. <laughs> These pirates are dumb as fuck. You think they made that plan? Okay, I have a question. Yeah, I have a question about the black plan spot. That's a great plan. I want to know what bit. you're arguing. Are you arguing they're dumb or that they have a great plan? <laughs> it's a great dumb plan. Uh, it's a great dumb plan. Okay, is the black spot something you can give to non-pirates? Or is it something you can give to your girlfriend? It's definitely something, it's definitely is something that you like, need to make some If phone I calls have about. a couple black spots, should I go to my doctor? Um, no, okay. Uh, but like, is the black spot? That's what our movie Bumps was all about. <laughs> yeah, Bumps was, was about oral, oral related. Okay, but, okay, but in the movie, we only see the black spot given out twice, and it's to two uh, uh, pirates or former pirates, at least, to understand the code. I- I'm getting the feeling that the black spot can't be given to. Uh, a, a civilian, essentially, that it a is no, only I a pirate. I think it's it's a pirate. It's a pirate to pirate thing. Pirate and so then, thing. to me, that time lapse, while inefficient, is like the last shred of respect and honor then to a fellow pirate. This is how you do it. It might be an honor thing. It might be like a samurai code thing. Because like even again, why do they black spot Long John Silver at the end if they just want to kill him because of mutiny? Okay, why me, do they black spot you, him? Let me ask you a question. Because he's cute. Can I ask a question? Because I I really like what you're saying, Mike, and I really think there's something very interesting in that the black spot allots a period of time for the pirate to like self atone whatever they need to do approaching death if they were like a courageous samurai or whatever going to harikari these are probably most often given but what i'm but what i'm curious but the thing is is that my 
biggest hang-up is not about the concept of assassination or death. It is about the map. The map! Tell us where it is, or die! And that's why I'm just curious, that's what I'm hung up on giving him the window of time to sneak out the back door. I think he's supposed to freak out and try to run away, and then they wait for him. That's a horrible. Code. I think. I think. The worst I think we're almost. Heard of. I think we're almost treating these pirates with too much respect. I think none of what they do makes any sense, and for the most part, they like singing songs and having fun. Yeah, and, and it's they like fun drawing to play with your food. too. And it's fun to try to make a perfect circle with just like your Especially hand and like a and like a paintbrush. I know it's like really hard to do. Maybe it was just like a fun thing. I try to approach these no ways as if it's not the writers getting around an issue or like they're using and they're going against what I think would be a smart thing or like the characters would do this or whatever. In this case, I am just wondering if they're like, we need to do the blind pew scene, but then we need 15 minutes for all this uh, other uh, exposition and conjecture and, and to happen because we need to like get this piece from A to B. So we just need this time. So let's keep the pirates outside. He's going to drop off the black spot. Then we, we, now we have tension. And so it's like, does this still hold up if we were not a writer brain and like if you were these if you were these Muppets and what we saw presented, would you actually be doing this? Would you actually give him the black spot? Because at the end, too, we also see that they give him the black spot. If we want to talk about pirates code, they give him the black spot and then they're like, now we're going to kill you. So we gave you that black spot. So I don't think there's like a code around the time frame. I think it's like you have been marked and now we have permission to kill you like the pirate gods because we've given you this, now we have permission, and I'm going to do it right now. We need to do a last lap here. I think Markian made his last point there. Mike, you can get one more point in, then Atticus, and then we vote. I don't know what my last point is. Because I want I love the movie, so I want to respect the rules that the movie gives me. And the movie has given me the rules that when Long John Silver gets the black spot, he basically gets it. It's a permission card to say, like, we as pirates are going to kill you now. And that's like, we are allowed to because you've been given the black spot. That those same rules should apply to this situation. It would all still have worked without the time, without the time distance, time gap. So I don't know why the fuck they have the time gap. I don't know. Oh my god! Oh my god! I think I've got it. Oh my god! I think I've, I think I've got the, the final save point. The final save point. Run, lad! Save yourself! I think Blind Pew was sent by the pirates to get a layout. Of the end. Oh, what a blind scout. I mean, they, a blind they, yeah, scout. They all have eyes. A blind what, echo location. What, is, what does he do immediately upon getting in there? He's feeling around. He's grabbing everything. He's going back to the pirates. He's going like, uh, I found so many hairy things on the wall. You'll have to watch out for that. When we yeah, go he's in. like, there's five guys in there. I'm scouting out. Yeah, there's five of them. I think he was their scout. Uh, no way. And he brings the blind spot. Love, and they go back. And then suddenly, half hour later, they've broken in. Scout. He's a that blind scout. one of the greatest things. It is a Muppet thing. I am. Uh, and he's I am quick. No and he's way. quiet. So he's a good I scout. I guess that's four. I guess that's four votes for yes way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna go around the room now. Uh, Markian, Mike, and then Atticus on the final final vote. I am no way. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if if Blind Pew is the scout, then the new no way is there's no way they sent the blind guy as their scout, so it's still a, it's, fuck, it's a no way. I don't know, it's no way for me. No way! It's a yes way for me. I support the blind. We're not pleased with that. I'm gonna get on uh, no way number two here. Round two. 
Okay, so my no way is going to come at about the 33-minute mark. And so Hawkins and Gonzo and Rizzo head off into town. They go, they talk to Squire Trelawney. They get a boat uh, from, uh, uh, oh, why do I always forget his name, the Bear Muppet? He's got Mr. Bimbo in his finger. Fon- uh, fo- uh, fo- Fonzie? Is it just Fonzie? Fonzie. 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 Fonzie, Fonzie and, his, and Mr. Bimbo. Wacka uh, wacka. They get the ship built. They have this beautiful ship, this captain, this pirate ship, this big sailing ship. They get a great crew on board. They head out. And this is one of the first things that happens on the ship. Once they're at sea, they've been at sea for a little bit now, but they're quite clearly at sea. And then this scene happens at 33 minutes. Roll call! Gentlemen, may I see you in my cabin immediately? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who hired this crew? This is undoubtedly the seediest bunch of cutthroats, villains, and scoundrels I have ever seen, so who hired them? My no way is that given the the lore and the respect that we've been given to Captain Smollett, Captain Kermit's character here, there's no way to me that Captain Kermit was hired to captain this ship and he had no clue who his crew was until they were already at sea. That's the no way. <laughs> oh, fuck fucking, me. Fucking bullshit. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Addy, what the fuck are you going to do, man? <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, Atticus, I am the, uh, I'm the Mike Gill in this round. I've got your back. I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> okay, this is going to be hard. This is going to be tricky. This is going to be really tricky. I, I I don't know. Can somebody else go first? I'm going to have to think of some sort of defense. God damn it. I'm going to challenge the norm and make Markian go first. I would love I would love support of this. I've got a I've got a so bulletproof defense ready to go. Okay. But I, I but, but Markian always waits and I want to hear him go first. I do. I'm a waiter. I'm a waiter. Okay. I want to do my best to try to because I'm agreeing with no way right now. My only defense here is that um Smollett trusts his second man, which is who? Arrow. They have been on countless, countless voyages together. And Arrow, um, before this, has always nailed it. He's always had a good crew. Smollett is a famous captain. He's had such a good track record, especially with Arrow, that they're at the point of their relationship on this sea voyage. Um, and okay, but so, Arrow didn't do the hiring. Right. It was, it was Long John. It was, no, it was no, Waka Waka. It was Waka Waka. Waka Waka. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Mr. Fozzie uh, Mr. Bimbo. Mr. Bimbo told me so. Mr. Bimbo Is Waka Waka always part of uh, the, the crew? Well, nah, he just built ships. Okay, Markian, I'm going to take over right here. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm gonna I was give, just going to say I'm, he trusts his crew. He I'm gonna give you. I'm, 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 you on that. I'm gonna give you, you a that. bulletproof way on this thing. I really do believe I have a bulletproof way. You're welcome, Mike. You're well. You're welcome, Mike. Um, so here's the big thing. Arrow is the second in command to Kermit's Smollett character. What we see over and over and over is that Kermit keeps looking at Arrow and goes, "That's not true. What are you saying?" So Arrow is clearly artificial officially creating a mythos around the captain for the crew that is not at all aligned with who Kermit Smollett is because this is because perfect. Smollett this keeps is, yes. saying he keeps saying I we can uh, source the references he keeps saying to Arrow oh, I didn't say that and uh, I don't know why why you said that I, I don't I don't believe that he, he it does not well where where cave on it go? does not <laughs> I know I'm a real chameleon <laughs> or frog uh, but it's oh, oh. but he but they, they that Arrow is clearly his um, modus operandi is to create a mythos around the captain to intimidate the crew 
even though it has nothing to do with who the actual captain is. So that's one piece of it. Um, the other element of that is is that Fozzie Bear, Fozzie Bear's character Trelawney is the merchant owner of the ship. And they are the individual responsible for hiring the crew. Now, because I'm a bit, of a, a bit of a pirate nerd, that's not uncommon that a captain and a first mate would be hired independently from the crew because the merchant owner would be in charge of sourcing all of the pieces to come together for a ship or whatever it was going to do, a mission to the Americas as what happens here. So it's not surprising to me that a captain and a first mate were hired by a merchant owner and a crew was hired by a merchant owner independently and they are actually meeting on the first day together. Okay, but why not just check your crew before you leave? Uh, How do they do that? They didn't have email. No, they would have like, like, had they, they may or may not have had a list of names to look at. But that's about all they might have had to work off of. They might have had and a tight again, schedule. And again, I say, and I would also agree with tight schedule. I think that this mission is happening quickly because they also know that there are pirates on the island of England who are hunting this map. And so to get off that rock as fast as possible was also in play. That's what I was going to point to. I know. I just want that's 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 I, what that's I, was, actually, I was mixing. It's actually, like, Atticus's you. point. I just helped. We, I spoke yeah. through you. you and you've been texting well me done. on the side. I know. Yeah. Amazingly well done. I think. I think that time was absolutely of the essence on this adventure. The adventure got I think the black it absolutely spot. Absolutely had to get. Moving. Yeah, there was there was there was a there was a story being told about Smollett from Arrow. hundred and ten percent. I mean, we see from the get go, Smollett's not that guy. He's not that guy. I think time being of the essence. And what was mentioned earlier in the movie is that Fozzie was the half-wit son of the actual company owner who was away on something. I forget what the actual line is. I'm sorry. The squire's in long nedry for the grouse season. But I think that probably uh, Smollett and Arrow had dealings with the dad. And probably assumed upon hearing that, like this last name, this person's shipbuilders, they need a crew. Oh, they went like, great. "Oh, we've done this. We've done this a million times. Fantastic. Yeah, Let's go. That's times a really good point. Matter. It's We're a, gonna it's have a, a good crew. They show up. Ship. It's, it's a Trelawney it's, ship. It's, it's a Trelawney it's, ship. It's, exactly. And Atticus, it's a, it's a Trelawney stuff. ship. Atticus, that's what but I yeah. was trying to get at. Okay. Yeah, you're so you were saying me? I'm speaking through. You know what, guys? It's a living Ouija board. Even though I said the no way, I was thinking it too. Oh, oh, shut up, Mike. <laughs> okay, so, so it's a Trelawney ship, bulletproof. Okay, so Marky, there's nothing Marky better. Marky wants to get in there. Well, no, no I'm, I. This was what I was trying to say. I was like, they must. There must be some kind of trust in whoever was hiring that crew. So if it's a Trelawney boat, it's a had Trelawney great boat. Experiences. They've done this over and over again with Trelawney boats. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll check the, we can check the crew when we get out there. Let's just get off the, let's get out port and then we'll do the roll call once we're out there. And they've never had a problem with that before. And now all of a sudden they do this and they're like, oh shit, there's so many swashbucklers here. Who hired this crew? We're in trouble. And it's like, it's too late. They can't go back. So if it's a Trelawney, if we're saying that Trelawney has the pristine the name means uh, reputation. It's enough that Hawkins and them sought them out. <laughs> it, 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 to me, podium, to me, Atticus, you convinced me. Yeah, not, not you, Kayvon. Not you, Kayvon. Sorry. It was Atticus. I think, I think we convinced each other. Yeah. Life uh, 
finds a way. We did. We all spoke no, to I each told other on you that one. That Atticus has been texting me on the side. <laughs> and everything I said is just his words, but he wanted to appear modest on the show. Ah, this movie's my life. Are you kidding? I love you guys. We're we're at a tie. We're at a tie. We're at a tie. We're one. We're one and one. We're getting close, and here we go. For all the marbles, it is no way number three, which is mine. Round three. Okay, so uh, to set this no way up, uh, the crew are about to go onto the island. Uh, uh, Long John Silver grabs uh, John, is it John, Jim Hawkins? Um, and he Jimmy, grabs Jim, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jimmy, Jim, John, Johnny, Jim. Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. They go onto the island. Uh, the crew follows suit to go after them because they need to save Jim, obviously. Um, and then they are captured by a wild band of pigs. Boom! Shakalaka! That can't be good. My no way is that those hogs would not also capture those cruise rats. I know we touched on earlier uh, kind of untouchables, the givens even, about what in the universe, what in the universe is untouchable. I think, and this is a huge thing with this movie. Here we fucking go. Here we go. I think that the cruise rats serve as a sort of Greek chorus almost. They serve as a as a foil for the audience. We see the movie. Th- I feel, okay, based on everyone's reactions, I feel like I'm nailing something here, but this is my immediate reaction. And I think even the hogs within this universe recognize the cruise rats as a group of almost benevolent beings that are to be untouched. Fuck. You don't know how much joy... You've just given to me. Atticus, you've just dug your own fucking grave is what you've done. <laughs> like, it is he has, no, no, I'm in love with this idea because this is so new to the show. This is such a controversial, fun thing for us in this show is that oh last God. night we got in a, a, a real fight like a because Markian and Mike were all of our really adamant that you guys went full hog we mode. We went full hog mode, but they were very adamant that this no way was legit. And I argued that we can't do this one because it flies in the face of our given, our given around the Muppet rule. And they said, no, you're wrong. Two against one. And I said, well, let's see what Atticus says. But Kate, Mar- can Mark and I get the floor for a second to explain to you why we also, Please. why we said to Kate on that this fucking, doesn't exist. I fucking dare you. Here's the thing. God. Here's the thing about the Greek chorus of rats. Yeah. Um, Don't mock they me. They interact <laughs> directly with the story at multiple times and their actions have repercussions in the actual story. They're not just there. They deal with Rizzo to get on the ship. Enjoy your cruise, sir. Next! They dance and sing to the songs the other Muppets are playing. They have a sword flung at them in the fight. They find treasure at the end in the post-credit scene. They are very much tangibly present in the story of this film. So if, if they are tangi- if they're there physically to the other Muppets, you're gonna tell me that the hogs don't see them though? That for that one scene they become a Greek chorus? They're there. No, 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 no. I never said the hogs didn't see them. 
I said the hogs completely knew who they were and what they were. They knew they were the Greek. And chorus. they knew that they they knew that they were these benevolent beings that are not unseeable, but they are they are they are untouched. Then why tie up Rizzo? They, are you telling because me they Rizzo's can differ, one They can Rizzo, differentiate Rizzo one crossed, rat from Rizzo another? Rizzo crossed the plane. Rizzo crossed the terrestrial. You think plane the pigs are the, of being a playable? The character. pigs are not that smart. They see a gun. They call it a boom boom stick. You're telling I me that they honestly, can differentiate Rizzo, a, a Rizzo, Rizzo from the other rats? Rizzo being the one to actually let the other rats onto the ship is almost like this kind. Rizzo's of Rizzo's the Satan. He fell from he's, heaven. He is he is the connection from the real. Muppet World Plane to the fantasy Muppet Marking World Plane. Try, the fantasy try. Greek chorus Muppet Plane is all of the other rats. He brings the two worlds together, baby. Do Marking, we, do, do we it. have precedent in um, Kayvon and Atticus and May, Mike, but I, I know Kayvon is very into classical theater here. Okay, Kayvon, is there examples in Greek chorus and Greek uh, plays, literature, where the chorus is actively in the scenes. The thing is, is that I want to point out is that although Atticus has made a, a wonderful parallel to talking about Greek chorus, and I love that concept, and I love that element of storytelling, but what I personally want to push, and I think what Atticus is saying, because he keeps texting me, is um, <laughs> that what we're talking about is that they that they are living, caps. that they are, that the, the rats are living on the omnipotent Muppet terrain. Y'all played yourselves. This was a given. But all they long. didn't, but they didn't pay for a ticket to Rizzo to go on the Muppet Treasure Island cruise ship. They went on a, you weren't there. On a cruise to the Caribbean is yeah, what they, they said. Were, they were actively, their way of entering the story was with Rizzo, literally giving them a ticket, saying, come on this ship because I need to make profit because in case we don't get the treasure, I still want this to be worth it for me. So I am actively bringing these rats on that he I took am their money. thing as a tourist thing. Have your checks made out to Rat Tours Limited. And being like, now you get to enjoy the same cruise that we're going on, yet I'm going to make this like an all-inclusive yeah. fun Rizzo thing. Rizzo didn't sell a they ticket still to Blizzard there. Beach. So look, if all this comes down to it, because the original argument was about the hogs not going after them, if it just comes down to you being okay with how the rest of the characters in the movie interact with, or lack thereof, with this group of cruise rats, but you're not okay with the hogs doing it, then you just must have a problem with the hogs. That's where your problem is coming from. You must think of them as less than the other Muppets. No. And that's a problem they have you guys should goals. maybe talk about. No, I think that they're equal to the other, because the other Muppets interact with the rats, and the hogs don't for some reason. And to me, that's the no Cause, way. Because, because I mean, if they're if they're little benevolent beings, then maybe the primitive hogs would see them as some sort of gods to fear. It, it, the, the, the hogs aren't the hogs aren't touching the damn rats. That's just the end of it. They touch they one rat. They respect the rats too because much. what do the rats represent? They the the Rizzo is part of the movie. He's he's doing both. He's allowed to do both. Rizzo is Jesus in this fucking movie. And the guy in your chicken is Rizzo. The rats kind of already made that connection earlier. Are a joke. They're a Muppet joke. I think you guys suit yourself. I think from from the get go, and I wish I was there for last night, but I'm glad we're getting into it now. I th Dude, I you think this is a given. I love you for the end of time, and you don't know how. It, in times of flat how amazing this feels. Talk to the rats. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> I want to challenge something the show's never done, and a no way was introduced 
that we have to acknowledge is not, is is a null in void because it flies in the face of a given that we established. Does that mean Markin's fired? Which means that we only have Atticus, two no ways. New host. I'm the new No, no, no. I don't think it means that Markin's fired. Where's my but bump? what I think is very interesting <laughs> is that if we null and void the no way because our guest actually called out that it flew in the face of our given, it means that we have only two valid rounds, which went way in no way, which in my opinion makes Muppet Treasure Island a devil's avocado. What a night. Oh, it's devil's, it's devil's avocado. avocado. It is. I forgot about that. I'd love to hear it. It's a push. It's 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 We're using a lot of terms yeah. here. Tides, devil's avocado. Is it like a Trelawney ship? Like it's good? It's a black spot. Would we can we all agree, Markin, would you agree that the no way is voided? I mean, yes. Our guest pointed it out and they called us out and uh Atticus, I will agree. You brought something to the show we've never had, which is where a given came into play during a no way. We've never seen it. I mean, I think it's I think it's awesome, guys. We just quickly want to go around. It was a hope. Um, this is the last part, can be nice, short, and sweet, is the funometer of now as an adult coming back to this movie, watching it so many years later for you just a couple years. Um, what is your score out of a hundred? And kind of like where you're at as an adult versus when you were at as a kid. For me, um, that's a big meter. Yeah, it's a big meter. I'm gonna stay. I'm at a. I'm at a seventy percent with it. I, I I don't have that nostalgia connected to it, but I had such a great time watching it. I, it is very funny. It is a very fucking funny movie. Um, and I think as a kid, I didn't get into Muppets as much because I think I didn't understand the jokes at the time. And maybe as a kid. Little Markian was mad that like I don't understand what they're saying. Like I I I feel like this is supposed to be funny yet I'm just not really getting it because I would have been like three at the time when this came out and then I think um, just didn't get into that Muppet uh, uh, place in my life. But uh, I think that's why this one wasn't as special to me as a kid. But as an adult, it's it's spectacular. Tis all in good fun. I think there's only one thing in life that gets a hundred out of a hundred in terms of quality, and that's a Trelawney ship. Uh, so this movie's a 99 <laughs> out of 100. It's oh, a 99, really? man. Really? I fucking love this it's movie. A, it's, a, it's a fine scene. My, like you said, this, I always thought this was the one. If you Nothing were, gets 100. That's insane. Nothing? A Trelawney ship. It's not, nothing is 100? Guys, 99 out of 100. This movie is so fucking great, though. Like, watching it Can you say 99.9? Sure, I'll say 99.9. Can you, can you just, can you just say 100? Just I can say, say 100. the word like- 100. I'll edit well. Um, um, oh, I see what you're saying. You're gonna edit me to say it because, like, honestly, I loved it so much as a kid. Like I said, like I tried to explain that earlier on when I was talking to Atticus about the scope of it. Like I remember it not only being a funny Muppet movie, but I remember it being one of the first adventure movies I'd loved. Yeah, and the scale of it felt huge. And watching it again, the it was scale was epic. shrunk. But it just made it more jam-packed. It was almost more enjoyable because I went, they actually crammed that entire fucking eight-hour movie. I remember into an hour and a half or so. Like it's it's phenomenal and it's bangers from start to finish. I will admit that because I love the original Muppet movie so much and the show, I was noticeably disappointed by how few cameos there were. Well, how else do you think we were going to get him in this movie? Uh, the Muppets are synonymous with that when the humans show up for little bit scenes, they are celebrity 
cameos and there's you know the balloon guy is richard pryor in the original one like for a moment you're like oh my god richard pryor's here this one was like really low Uh, they really committed themselves to being like this is our cast and that's what we're working with so i guess because of my understanding of the tradition of the muppets i felt myself disappointed with that but i love pirates and everybody was really funny i go 82 percent this movie I can't give it anything lower than 100. I know it's like it's my first time on here. I don't really know how scoring works, but it has to be 100 because here is a movie from 1998. I guess I was, I think I was five when it came out and I saw it then. To this day, I am 28 now. I will still quote this movie with my brothers, with my family, as often as we can. It comes up in so many different social stratospheres it blows my mind it just has that sort of rare staying power that i think is really really special and rare and yeah even watching it as an adult like i like to consider myself like an honest movie and tv watcher i don't really ever have rose-colored glasses i just think this is like a perfect piece of pulp entertainment that everybody needs to see at least once Atticus, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on. It's so it was Thanks so great to me, hang boys. out with you. Um, it's been so Even virtually. Long. Virtually, this was so much fun. You guys need when, to, when you three are in Toronto. Uh, me and Marky and we'll go out yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And Mike and I will uh, do our own things. That's great. Perfect. Really appreciate it. Super fun. Thanks for considering me. Oh, yeah. we're lucky to have you, man. Well, lucky, lucky to, lucky to, to have you. you. Yeah. What a great excuse to hang out with you for two hours and get to know that you. Fun. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Way Podcast. No Way is produced by Marky and Tarasiuk, Kayvon Koshkam, and Mike Gill with the help of Speakeasy Theater and the Cinematics Creation Company. The show is edited by Kayvon Koshkam with original music by Ben Elliott. The No Way Podcast is produced on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh people. Please join us next Friday for another exciting episode of No Way, and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Way Podcast and Twitter at No Way Pod. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time at the movies. Feels so good when everybody feels. Oh.